your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is completely free of charge, and we appreciate all the love and support you give us every day. Before we kick off tonight's podcast, I did want to shout out one of our other really great series coming from the Locked On NHL podcast. We've just wrapped up the Locked On NHL Network's Top 50 NHL Players as voted on by all of us, and you can find the full list on Locked On NHL's YouTube channel. Tune in as Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss another episode. For tonight's podcast, I thought it would be interesting to talk about um, what I think are Winnipeg's keys to success for this season. I'm going to pick six things that I think the Jets need to do in order to be really successful this year and either make the playoffs or go on a pretty deep run. Now, bear in mind, I'm not going to say that any of this is going to directly contribute to Winnipeg winning a cup. I think that would be a stretch. You obviously need quite a few things to go right, including a lot of puck luck, uh, a really strong season, and hopefully uh, as few injuries as humanly possible, or as the case may be, a suspension. Let's avoid that, right? For the keys, though, I'm going to start off with two particular areas that I think need to be addressed on the coaching side of things. I think the first thing is that Maurice needs to really trust this roster and kind of let him cut loose offensively. In previous years, when it was obvious that the Jets' defensive roster wasn't exactly in top form, you know, Maurice was very cautious about letting the forwards uh, aggressively attack and certainly giving them support once they moved up the ice and into the offensive zone. You know, you saw the forwards struggle to exit the defensive zone because they were dropping really deep. They were trying to put themselves in decent positions, but when you're running a complex man-zone scheme that even the defenders are occasionally confused by, it can be very difficult for the forwards to actually know their assignments and effectively pull them off. I'm not saying I want the Jets to follow the template of Kyle Connor last season against the Oilers and just sort of hover around the neutral zone looking for a breakaway pass. That, I think, is a bad example of cheating for offense and being a little bit overly aggressive or, depending on who you ask, probably a little bit lazy because he was supposed to be tracking back. That said, though, I think Winnipeg needs to look at how it does a lot of its zone exits and ultimately the routes that it uses because, for now, they're way too predictable. And I know people will say, well, when it comes to going up the ice, you don't have many actual routes that you can use. And that is technically correct. But I think the biggest issue with the Jets is that oftentimes, when they're looking at zone exits and trying to spring breakouts, they do this thing where they sort of loop the, the puck around the boards, and that always gets picked off, especially towards the, uh, uh, as it gets closer to the blue line, all an opposing forward has to do is just pinch on the defender and strip the puck in their, their back in action, right? So that's something that the Jets really do poorly. I also feel like the passing from defenders in general is just very mediocre on zone exits. It's noticeable when they're trying to pass from around the goal line, and it gets picked off because they threw it across the slot. That's kind of an issue, and I, I think that that's something that Winnipeg, for some reason, 
goes back to a lot, and I'm not really sure why. That pass doesn't often work, and it's one of the breakouts that often gets the Jets in a lot of trouble. Once they're out of the defensive zone, I think the aggression really needs to start picking up. You know, if you if you clog the neutral zone and look for ways to strip the puck and force turnovers, I think Winnipeg can feed off of those counters a lot easier than it is when once they're, you know, stuck in their own defensive zone, grinding out shifts against the opposing forwards, and essentially getting worn down. I think it is riskier for them to try and force turnovers higher up the ice, but I think they have the staff to pull it off. It's just, I think Maurice and, and the coaching staff still get nervous about how much do you allow them to pinch, how aggressive do they get, and let's be honest, when we've seen the Jets defenders especially pinch along the walls near the offensive zone, it just doesn't really work super well. So you need to make sure that the right forwards are in the right positions to give those defenders support and actually be aggressive around the puck carriers that they're looking to chase. Some Jets forwards tend to be a lot more physical than others, especially on the forecheck. You know, Lowry and Copper are sort of their own wrecking balls, but the rest of the guys honestly need to give the defenders a bit of a hand, especially since the blue liners pinching often ends in disaster, either because the defenders are isolated and turn it over, or they just sort of fumble the puck. On the flip side, the defenders in general just need to be a lot smarter once they're inside the offensive zone. I feel like they have a tendency to pinch along the walls at areas where it doesn't really make sense, and then once they're inside the offensive zone, there's not a lot of action. Last year and in years prior, the Jets' defense didn't really activate offensively, and when guys did, it was basically Tucker Pullman or Logan Stanley, right? Which, in certain areas, it is effective. I think Pullman against weaker competition can actually do that sort of stuff. But of course, Pullman's out, and we've brought in some newer defenders who I think are going to be a lot better at this, so... If, if Maurice is actually going to trust this roster, then he needs to let the D do their job. DeMello is actually surprisingly good at dropping below the circles and creating good offensive outlets and passing lanes, especially for some of his more gifted shooting teammates, right? And I feel like that sort of stuff goes under the radar. As far as the other Jets defenders go, I think we need to see more attacking around the slot area. I think Nate Schmidt's going to be able to do that well. He's got a great shot, and he's got really good vision. He also understands space well, so I feel like... He's the kind of defender that the Jets have been missing a lot of. You know, I'm not expecting Brendan Dillon to contribute a lot of offense in his own right, but Schmidt is the kind of guy that I think can do a job and essentially mirror, like, Neil Pionk, but on the left side. If the Jets are more aggressive in the neutral and the offensive zone, and Maurice allows the defenders to start activating a lot more frequently, I think you're going to see a much faster, much more effective Jets team. Winnipeg does not work well trying to build out of the back, and the back being their own defensive zone, especially if they spent more than like two shifts there. Winnipeg is going to have to gamble a little bit more this season and hope that their, their forwards and the new look defense is capable of aggressively intercepting pucks higher up the ice and having faster breakouts off the counter that way. If you have to start your counter every single time from around your own goal line, more than likely it's not going to work out that well. You're going to burn a lot of energy, you're not going to be super fast, and by the time you're already up the ice, somebody's marked you out and it's going to be an easy save. My hope is that we're going to see this more aggressive approach like we saw in 2017-2018, but until we get a good look at the squad, this is all still hypothetical. We're going to know more in just a couple of weeks as the Jets approach preseason. I'm trying to cross my fingers and stay positive. I know where my expectations really are, and it's that the Jets are probably going to be conservative at least early on. But maybe Winnipeg will surprise us, and we'll finally see a team that is ready to bear its fangs and actually sink their teeth in. Speaking of sinking their teeth in, there are a couple of Jets forwards that I think need to have really big seasons in order for Winnipeg's grand plan of playoff glory come to fruition. But before I tell you about those guys, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. 
It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at what I would say are six keys to the upcoming season, and I've identified a couple with the coaching staff. The, the first two were basically the Jets need to be more aggressive, and the defense needs to be allowed to be more offensively ambitious when they're inside the attacking areas. When it comes to the actual roster and the players, the forwards in general need to do a couple of things, and I think one of the biggest things for Winnipeg is that we really need to see Mark Shifley be a true first-line elite two-way center. This is something that Winnipeg right now is still kind of lacking, and I really think Mark can do it again if he, you know, kind of gets through whatever has been going on with him the past couple of years and goes back to what his style of play was a few years ago. I don't expect him to ever get to be the stage where he was as dominant as he was in like 2016-2017. He is getting older these days, and it's not like, you know, you're likely to return to your peak days when you're 28 or 29, but all the same, I think Shifley can have a really powerful impact on the ice if he really works on the two-way part of his game. I think the defending part has been especially poor, and it's something that it's been a trend for a couple of years. I don't know why it's gotten so bad, and it feels like there are times where he could make a read or a play, and for some reason has elected not to, and I don't know if that's like a systems thing, or Shifley just really isn't interested in trying to track back and mark his, his guys as much as he used to. Maybe because he wants to be available for an outlet pass for a breakaway or cheat for offense. Either way, I feel like this, this version of him that we're seeing is still very much an offensive force to be reckoned with, but in terms of like his overall impact on the ice... I feel like his ability to control the game, it's not as strong as it used to be, and I feel like if the Jets really want to make the playoffs, they need to see that more dominant form from him again. You know, there was a time where he was one of the most creative players out there, his ability to just sort of exploit space, uh, control the puck possession of of an attacking sequence, and really overrun a shift was really a sight to behold, and I, I miss those days. I'm sure a lot of Jets fans would like to see him do that again. And I feel like, in general, he just sort of needs to overall improve his game. There's a version of him that can be a a game-breaker and a game-changer. And I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, he is still overrated and all. And, yeah, in some ways, 
I've certainly had my fair share of critiques about him, but I think if there is one thing that is true, it's that he still has the ability to be a dominant first-line center. We just haven't seen it from him in a couple of years. The scoring and passing ability, those are all still there, and it's just what he really needs to work on is when he's tracking back and marking his opponents or looking for turnovers and stuff, he really needs to engage. Kyle Connor not engaging is already kind of an issue enough. If you have one guy who doesn't really do a lot of, of defensive marking or even lean in on an opposing puck carrier, that's kind of an issue because it puts a lot more strain on the other defenders and the two other forwards. But, you know, Shifley also having this issue doesn't really make it easy when you're supposed to be pitting him against guys like McDavid and some of the other top centers in the NHL. If you want to go out against the world's best, I think you have to show that you can be at that level. And, and Shifley, in some areas, yes, has shown that ability, but in others, he's still kind of a step behind those guys. And I feel like if he goes back to being what he was, or at least closer to what he was a couple of years ago, the Jets are going to be a much more fun team to watch. In regards to the forwards, I also think we really need to see a huge rebound season from Pierre-Luc Dubois. I know that when he arrived, a lot of people were kind of disappointed in him. I honestly expected a bit more. I'm not entirely inclined to believe it was fully him that was the issue. I think there were some things that he was doing wrong, and, and certainly some areas of his game that were kind of a little bit frustrating, uh, to put it lightly, but I also think it's more of like a systems fit, and he just didn't really seem to catch on throughout most of the season. I feel like as he kind of gets more comfortable, he gains a, a better understanding of his teammates and how they attack the ice, I think his ability to sort of get into really good and dangerous areas will naturally start to result in him actually getting a lot more goal-scoring opportunities. I feel like when he was around the goal line, I saw him in good positions, but it just wasn't that anyone was looking for him, or when they finally did, unfortunately the shooting lanes got blocked or marked off, and either Dubois or his teammates didn't adjust quickly enough. So I think PLD has a lot of the tool sets that still made him a stud player when he was with Columbus, I just feel like we've yet to see the version of him that can be a real force in front of the net. It's not like he didn't show us flashes, though. I mean, we definitely saw a couple of instances where I was really impressed with how he was confident and strong in possession. He's got an absolutely blistering shot. And because he's such a strong physical player, he has no real problem grinding in the crease and really looking for good deflection opportunities, which I feel like if we've got Nate Schmidt and some of the more talented shooters on the back end sneaking some pucks through, it should give PLD some opportunities to deflect a few more, tip some stuff in front of the net, and, and honestly just be a more effective overall offensive presence in the crease. That's where he's going to make his bread and butter. There are a couple of goal-scoring types that he likes to pull off, and, and one of those is honestly just sort of scrapping around the net. Because he's such a big dude with incredibly good hand-eye coordination, he loves to score quite a few opportunities that way, and I feel like this is the season for him to have his, his resurgence as a Jet. It, it showed some streaks last year, but I think this year he's finally going to put it all together, and we're going to see that return to form for him that we're honestly looking for, especially in light of the Jets not really having many great centers. Of course, the forwards are only one part of the equation along with the coaching staff. In just a moment, we'll talk about which defenders I think really need to come out of the gate swinging and how they'll figure into Winnipeg's successful season if the Jets want to make the playoffs. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about why Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. 
Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on what I thought were key points for the Jets to have a successful year next season. Obviously, the season's rolling up on us, and I think that the coaching staff seemingly understands some of the core issues. They have said that they want to change the style of the game in all three zones. Who knows if that means we're going to go back to the really high-pressure, high-octane offense days. I don't know yet. But, you know, I I said a couple of forwards need to have big bounce-back seasons. In terms of bounce-back seasons, though, I don't think that there's anyone more important than Josh Morrissey recovering any of his form. Morrissey, for the past couple of seasons, has been among the league's worst defenders, and I feel like last year for him personally was probably uh, one of the lowest points of his career in terms of, like, on-ice performance. If anyone needs to come back to the Jets and honestly just kick butt in the position, it's got to be Morrissey. I feel like he constantly is in his own head. You can kind of tell the frustration just really builds on him constantly. And the only way that it ever seems to work out is when he's paired with somebody who can handle a lot of the details and really be the more assertive puck carrier. If Morrissey is just allowed to kind of do his thing in a little bit more of a... I would say like a passive role where he can be more of a supplementary piece. It seems to make him a lot more comfortable and he actually does pretty okay in the minutes that he gets. I wouldn't say it's great. When he was with Dylan DeMello in like a first pairing role, it was basically break even or bust. But even then, break even for Morrissey would be a significant improvement over what we've seen the past couple of years. Now, Morrissey isn't the only defender that probably does need a bounce back season. I really want to see what Nate Schmidt is like once he gets here. Nate, of course, really fell off with the Canucks, and I'm not sure it's really his fault. That team in general is very poor. And, like, I get that Schmidt is on the older side, and he did just sign a major multi-year extension that's probably one of the last big contracts that he's going to get. But I've gotten the chance to watch Schmidt for many years, and I I know how offensively gifted he is. I've seen him do some incredible things once he's in open space. His ability to captain the point and really be an effective two-way defender is unquestioned. Now, where it's kind of fallen off over the past year or so is really in his defensive ability and certainly in his his space creation and stuff. It just seems like Vancouver stifled a lot of his abilities. With the Jets, I don't think that's really going to be an issue. Winnipeg, you know, as much as I've kind of harped on the defense in past years, I feel like this unit's going to be pretty serviceable. Do I think it's like top 15 in the league? I'm not 100% sure yet. Maybe it, it might be decent, especially if Morrissey recovers. But let's just assume Morrissey is probably going to be at best break-even, and we're looking more at the rest of the guys to perform. This is a pretty good unit for Schmidt to be coming into. There's a a decent amount of puck-moving ability. Neil Pionk is very good. Um, Dylan DeMello is a great partner. He'll probably end up playing with Brendan Dillon, and I could imagine that uh, Schmidt might get Pionk or something, which that'd be a very interesting pairing. I haven't really seen Schmidt tried with many offensively aggressive D like Pionk in some time. I think the last guy that he might have played with was like John Carlson, but I can't even recall if that was the thing because I think for the most part, 
Uh, Orlov tended to play with Carlson a lot more back then. So I'm curious to see how Schmidt fits in. I think the the ceiling for him is very high with the Jets. Uh, you know, he's, it's not like he's a prospect or anything, but in terms of bouncing back and kind of getting back to where he was a couple of years ago, I feel like that's not out of the question. And if he does, the Jets are going to be a much more dangerous team, both at even strength and on the power play. He's really good on the power play. He's got a great shot. His ability to create space and, and laterally push left and right to create uh, better shooting and scoring lanes makes him a really versatile threat. So I- I'm personally excited. I think he's got a lot to offer the Jets, and I think his performance in conjunction with a much-boosted Morrissey would do wonders for this team's back-end movement. If everything pans right for Winnipeg, I think that there's a lot of opportunities for them to show significant growth and get back to a team that is playoff competitive. Even though they've made the postseason the past couple of years, I think everyone can admit that it's not really been super serious. But this year, this year they've put the chips down, and I think that there's something to it. I'd be curious to know your thoughts on what you think uh, a point of success might be for the upcoming season. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Um, But for tonight's show, that is going to do it. Before you log off, though, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!